Too Soon. This is Mark Massaro here with another episode here with my friend, Michelle Bader Ebersole. Eber, Eba, Ebersole. Ebersole. It's, it's new. Ebersole. Sorry, I don't know why it came out like that. I know your last name, Joel. Sorry. Anyway, so what's up with you, Michelle? How you been doing? Good. So this is crazy. Yesterday, um, Hayden, my oldest, turned 19, and he went skydiving. Wow, nice. Yes. Yeah, he asked me if I wanted to go. I'm like, "Eh." I mean, I'm not scared, but it's a lot of money. We'll just have you go. Um, He just, like, randomly thought of that. He has, like, no fear, and we all went up there. Um, Joel and Grady were at work, and they met us up there, so the six of us were up there to watch him. It was, like, an hour north of here, and he just did it and had so much fun and has, like, these cool videos and all kinds of stuff, so that was really fun. Um, watching him skydive and I do want to do it because Haley's like I want to do it on my 18th birthday which will be next year and I'm like well I'll do it on my um 25th birthday wow you're getting younger (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm getting younger but on our next birthdays um her and I might go so that'll be fun that's cool Uh, that was really cool um I had random grief um I don't have grief very often, but all of a sudden, like all the birthday memories, I know you guys get this for like kids, like the birthday memories pop up and I'm like, I was just remembering the day that Hayden was born and, you know, he was our first and what that was like with Luke. And then just seeing all these birthday memories and these birthday posts that Luke made about Hayden. Um, But I did something special that I did on Haley's birthday. I found a post that Luke had posted and I printed it and put it in a frame. Like it's a, you know, it has the top Luke Bader posted, you know, he's like, happy birthday to my big 12 year old. And it was this really cute um, thing. So that was cool. Um, Yeah. So that was the biggest thing that's been happening. And then let's see, since I talked to you, 4th of July was good. We play this game called Fire Soccer. So it's actually, we do it on the 3rd of July at my brother's. So you get a roll of toilet paper, douse it with gasoline, light it on fire and kick it around. Sounds kids, extremely safe. Kids ages eight and up are allowed to play. Wow. So, yeah. But we do it in like sections. Like we had like girls 16 and up and then boys 16 and up and then like eight to 15. Yeah, it was pretty fun. My brother learned it in college. And so uh, it was fun. That sounds like the appropriate place to learn that. You know, it sounds like you guys are from Tennessee or something. Right. You know? Probably. Well, he learned it in Texas one year when I was like 20 something. Um, my eyelashes burned off because it hit me in the face. So that was that's, that's the kind of uh, things I would expect to happen from a game like that, you know? I know, but it was really, really fun. And we it's just like a crazy week because we have like 3rd of July party, 4th of July, and then my two brothers are the 4th, I mean the 5th, the 6th, and Hayden's the 7th. So it was like party all week. So much fun. So we've been having a great time um, with the six of us here in this house and extended family and yeah, it's been good. So And Miss Michelle, you also went away on a trip, right? Um, no, but I did go, I know what you're thinking of heart change. That's yes. It. Yes. So we did go to this thing called heart change, which was basically, um, four, four days, you and God unplugged from the world. You're not doing, you know, social media and calling people and all of that. You're just focusing. And it was a really great, um, bonding time, um, for, it was the two younger kids and Joel and me, and it was wonderful. And some great things happened, um, within my kids' hearts and just like all together. And it was a very great experience. It's hard cause it's long days, like 12 hour days. Um, but, and I've been through it before, but actually I do want to share this really cool thing. Um, 
you're supposed to share at the end of the weekend, like what God showed you. And I was like, well, there wasn't a lot. I've been through it before. But um, this girl had told me this is like how she like saw me, that I was carrying the weight of like the kids on my back. So on this Sunday when we share, I'm like, hey, kids, come on my back. They're like, what? I'm like, no, try to get on my back. And they're like, pretend to get on. And I'm like, this is what God showed me that I was carrying all of their grief and pain and weight. And he just wants to, me to hold a picture of them and he'll hold them. Mm. yeah so that was what god showed me um and there was like this moment where the kids and joel and i we all got to speak life into each other and speak really positive things and peyton said to joel i love that you're not just my stepdad you're my friend and Mm. um and then Haley said i love that you know boundaries you know my dad's in heaven you've never tried to replace him um but you're my friend and i love how happy you make my mom Mm, that's awesome yeah it was it was really really beautiful so that's really cool yeah so anyways enough about me what's going on with you mark well i also celebrated our independence from the british um on the fourth of july um it was great i got to go um hang out with the awesome and sweet tina and uh hung out with her family on the fourth and that was a really cool experience her mom can cook she, oh my gosh, I cannot even tell you how many side dishes and main courses there were. It was, it was one of those like, uh, they, so they call it a, and you know, on the West Coast we call it like a barbecue. Yeah. Um, they call it a cookout here, so it's basically oh, the same cookout. thing. But, but so there were so many menu items. It was one of those times where I just like I didn't even know where to start. Like I just grabbed the biggest plate I could and just started scooping. Um, so it was awesome. My kids swam. Uh, we just had a really good time and, uh, stayed at a KOA, uh, which I forgot what that stands for. Like camping of America. No, it can't be camping. Something of America. I don't know. Kids. Kids. Kids of America. Oh, well, no, I don't think that's it. It's like, uh, it's campgrounds across the United States. Right. So I forgot what it stands for. I used to know somebody's probably screaming it in the audience right now, but um, they have these like little cabins that you can yeah. get. And so uh, it was in Kentucky. It was about, I think, 45 minutes away from Tina's house. So it was like we were able to go back and forth. And I was able to meet one of her friends. And that was really cool. Like one of her like really, really close friends, you know. Awesome. Um, did, wait, did they approve of you? I think so. Did you pull out <laughs> your skateboard and do tricks? No, I should have, you know, that like automatically wins people over, but, um, Uh (laughs) no, no, but no, she's, she seemed to like me and that was, that was cool. Um, and let's see what else I've just been trying to figure out, you know, my new career and, and things like that. Um, you know, one thing, uh, so Tina's late husband's birthday was also July 7th. Saw that. Yeah. yeah. And so that was, you know, that was a hard day for her and I felt really bad for her. It's really, it's a reminder of how hard the distance can be sometimes because, yeah. um, you know, I wanted to be there for her. I really wanted to like give her hugs and, and yeah. help her like have somebody there to listen to. I mean, I tried talking to her on the mo- phone as much as we could, but you know, I'm a man, so I need to fix everything, right? So uh-huh. I just, uh, I just really wanted to like be there for her, and I just yeah. couldn't, and it was hard. But um, also, like, I had a, a grief moment, and you know me that those don't come up all that often. You know, I mean, of course, it's always under the surface, but I had like a pretty intense one. I was, mm-hmm. I was praying, and um, all of a sudden, like, I was praying with Tina. We were, you know, just having a conversation and started praying, and. I don't know. It was weird. I just had this like visual of 
Lacey like laughing and smiling and mm-hmm. I just got like really emotional and like had to like cry really hard and that just hasn't happened in a while but like it goes back to that episode we made like grief is weird right like yeah. it can just hit you out of nowhere whoa there's your microphone <laughs> yeah here camera fell um so anyways but you know thankfully I had Tina to talk to about it and you know she empathized with me and all that so um it's been it's been a good last couple of weeks overall and um yeah just that's what I've been up to so I mean you know you can always think of 20 more things to talk about but let's not um, bore everyone let's not bore everyone yeah so I learned the alphabet backwards I'm just kidding I've known that for a very long time I think I've heard you do that yes I think you already knew that so I, it's funny, funny story real quick. I actually um, learned that I used to be, when I was a kid, I was in Scientology. They offered me a job oh. and I, I worked at a Scientology. And one of the things, one of the courses I took, part of it was to learn the alphabet backwards. So I still know it to this day and I'm That's still so waiting. Weird. I'm still waiting for a police officer to ask me to say my alphabet backwards. <laughs> um, hasn't happened yet, but I'm ready. Wait, can you just, you, can you just do it real quick? Yes, Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A. Wow, that's amazing! Wow. So yeah, I just learned it three letters at a time. I was like Z Y X Z Y X Z Y X W V U W V U W V U, and then just basically memorized it. Um, it does help when you're looking up a word in the dictionary to know the alphabet forwards and backwards. Yeah, that's really good. So, anyways, but enough about. Um, unimportant things like knowing the alphabet backwards. Today we have a very special uh, guest with us. Um, And so you heard her speak a little bit earlier and were probably like, who else is there with them? (laughs) Um, So we have Kimberly with us today. How are you, Kimberly? Well, hello there. I'm doing great. Awesome. Awesome. Nice to meet you. So um, Kimberly has a very exciting story that Not exciting as in a good way, but just very different from it's exciting for us in this community because um, we Michelle and I always like to get different perspectives of things that people have been through so that more people feel like somebody relates to them. Somebody's been Mm -hmm. through what they've been through. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have not had anybody with a story like Kimberly's. So we're excited to have you here today. And I am um, really sorry for what you've been through. I don't know the story yet. Um, but I do know the gist of it, and um, I hope that you knew what I meant with exciting. <laughs> I, I know it's not exciting what you've been through, but just it's exciting for us to have a guest with a new perspective. Yes. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and you know, just start there. Well, hello there, Mark, and hello there, Miss Michelle. And it is kind of exciting. It's exciting because God is still going to do something. And yeah. sometimes in the middle of your stress and your disorder, what you feel is chaos. You're wondering what in the Sam is going on? (laughs) What are you doing, God? I don't get this. This is not the plan. But if you believe God at his word, he tells you that he still has a plan. And so therefore it is exciting because Mm. (laughs) my plan evidently sucked. (laughs) (laughs) And God's plan is probably a little bit better. So yeah. That's that makes sense. So, um, so how did you meet your husband? Uh, well, I should have met him at all the teacher conferences that we both went to. That would have been a really great like thing to say. Gee, we mm-hmm. met at a teacher conference, and it was love at first sight. That is not true. It was on Facebook. Oh, okay. 
I know hey, somebody you know that met their spouse like that. Hey, that's how Joel and I remet. I so yeah, I know. That's why, like, when you, I think I remember when you were sharing that when you had just like started mm-hmm. in your romance, and I think that's great. I think that's funny. I think God has a sense of humor. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so um, that's where we met, and he was a principal at um, when he died. He had been in education for thirty years. And, um, so, um, I had, this is starting my 30th year. Oh, wow. So we had a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys obviously started dating. How long until you guys got married? We, our first date was at 630 in the morning on, I know, on Memorial Day. Oh, wow. On Memorial Day. And it was to have breakfast and watch the sunrise. And mm-hmm. so then a year later, we got married on Memorial Day. Oh, wow. And oh, was, that's cool. He he wanted it to be at 630. And I told morning. him no one will come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one will yeah, come. Yeah, you don't hear about a lot of, uh, you know, breakfast at the reception. <laughs> and that's what we had. It was great. We had breakfast. It, it, it was wonderful. That's cool. I like that it was tea. unique. <laughs> Yes. It was, it was cheap. Let's just be real. Having yeah. breakfast for like having a morning wedding with like a brunch or a breakfast is much cheaper than a evening wedding with a dinner. Yeah, yeah. Eggs are a little bit cheaper than prime rib. Well, yeah. not at yeah. It, well, now they might not be, but <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, no kidding. I I never yeah. noticed that. Like, um, all my friends from California were talking about the ex- how expensive eggs were. Yeah. And that never really happened here. So I don't understand. Maybe there's more like farms. I don't know where you live, but um, so I'm in Tennessee and it's okay. I, I saw my friends were talking about eggs were like $10 a dozen if you yes. could even find them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They showed me pictures. Yep. Ours were $5. And so I just stopped buying eggs and I just get egg whites because that goes longer. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just a random thing. But I was, you know, I was still getting like the cage-free organic eggs for $5 a dozen, which was like, that's pretty, to me, that seems worth it. But anyways, um, yeah, I never saw the like cheap eggs for 10 to $12 a dozen or whatever. I got a lot of pictures from friends and they were talking about, um, you know, refinancing their house to buy a dozen eggs and things like that. I was like, oh my gosh, is it really that bad? And they're like, yeah, you can't even find them. So um, I don't know if we just have more local. Yeah. I don't know if we just have more local farms here or why, but I I never really saw that happen here. Our shelves were always stocked full of eggs. Very nice. Um, So that's random, but I hope everybody, you know, (laughs) gets a lot out of that. You know, I hope that brings a lot to the table of healing and things, you know. So, yeah. So, Yes, yes. So anyway, so why don't you walk us a little bit um, through what happened, what your marriage was like leading up to, you know, what happened and and actually what happened. Okay, that sounds great. We married then on Memorial Day of 2021. And it was a Monday. And um, the next day, we all went back to work, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, did our thing, closed out the school year. And Around June 16th, Brian received a work email that tripped him up, and um, he was hyper-fixating on it more than um, I think I knew. He told me 
that it was troubling him. But I don't think he shared the truth with me about how deeply it was troubling him. It was just a glitch at work. But at that point in his mind, glitches became problems and not a fixable situation. But that was because there's all these other things going on that I wasn't aware of. Because while we dated, we talked about everybody else's mental health problems. Mm. Everybody else's. You name them, we talked about them. And it would have been a prime time for him to share with me, oh, hey, by the way, I've had some mental health struggles myself. And um, here's where I am right now on that journey. That would have been a wise thing to do. But he didn't. And I think that it was because of stigma. And his family could have also encouraged him to do that, but they didn't do that. And they didn't even like whisper to me, hey, Kimberly, did you talk to Brian about uh, his mental health? No one. So when I found out he was suicidal in July, um, six weeks after we married, it was a shock to me. Mm. Like, what do you mean? I, Hmm. how, what, what is going on? Like, I know that you were having struggles with work, but what? And so that's when all the things came out that he had been carrying around with him. And I think people who struggle with mental health or, and struggle with suicide ideation, it's such a guilt zone that Mm -hmm. communicating about it, especially as a person of faith, makes you feel uncomfortable because he got to the point where he believed that God did not love him. He got to the point where he believed that his brain was being attacked by demons. He mm. got to the point where even going to church, he would look around. And church is dark, all right? it's a lot. We go to a large church. Um, it's dark in there. No one's watching you. But he was pretty sure people were. Mm. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't watching you. But that's how his, his brain was working at that time. And so we spent the rest of July in and out of therapy, August in and out of therapy, September in and out of therapy, and then he finally passed um, in October on the 10th, on a Sunday, wow. while he was under hospital care. Oh, wow. mm. And he decided he was just going to run away from the hospital. Hmm. Like literally, or you mean like mentally? Oh, no, Literally. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were out for a therapy walk and now I'm pretty confident they don't do that anymore. Oh, wow. Um, but they had left the hospital building, uh, walked a, like a sidewalk in a neighborhood and he took off and he did not come back. Wow. Mm-hmm. So and- where everybody else gets to like you know, be in this honeymoon phase. That's, I missed that. I had six weeks of that. The rest was not a honeymoon. It was thrown into trauma and trying to figure out what is going on. And then all the little things that go along with that. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And how did you, um, how did you find out? The hospital called me at 3.05 to tell me that he was missing, that he had gone off for a walk and he had run away and he had not come back and that they were looking for him. What the hospital didn't tell me was that that he was, um, had that had happened 
a while ago, and they were just now contacting me. Mm-hmm. So according to the police report, he was seen on a ring camera about 1.45 in the afternoon going up somebody's driveway. Um, and so 3.05, 1.45, there's a lot of time in there. And the when I found him, it was because I jumped in the car and drove over to where the hospital was. And I was looking in all the high places. I was looking at water towers. I was looking at trees. I was trying to find him. And I remember it was over by my daughter's high school area. And I remember saying, Brian, you've got to tell me where you are right now. And I just drove and drove and I found a bunch of squad cars. And I thought to myself, hmm, bunch of squad cars together. They're probably not having donuts. So I drove uh, into that mess and that's where he was. And they said, when I got there, gee, how did you find us? My thought was, gee, why didn't you call me? But mm-hmm. I think that they didn't want to make a phone call because it was based off of, um, like, guesses, not really factual information at that time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I'm not, it's sad, but it's not going to, you know, destroy my life that they didn't call me. Mm-hmm. And it, so it wouldn't have changed anything. Right. Yeah. It definitely wouldn't have. And so um for you, what were you like feeling in that moment? Um I I believe shock would have would be the right word, but I also knew this was not my husband's first attempt. He had been mm. getting really good at this. Um he had several uh suicidal attempts while we were married. Um And so it was not a surprise to me. He did not want to die. He didn't want to die at all. He just wanted to be free of the pain that he was carrying. Mm -hmm. And when I last physically saw him, it was a week before at a hospital, a different hospital. Um, And we had been, he had said that he thought God didn't love him anymore. And I talked to him about grace. And how important it is to walk in grace and how good God's grace is to us. And I remember saying to him, Brian, when is the last time you prayed? And he said, I'm, I don't think God wants to hear from me. And I'm like, well, that's, that's not true. And so he did pray. And so my last time with him was really joyful. It was hard, but it was joyful. And so I know that that, that day was not a day that God planned. Um, it was not God's will, mm. but God can take our human choices that we make and somehow make a good purpose out of it all. So mm. the home where Brian chose to die in their backyard, that was a family of faith. They go to my parents' mm. church wow. and my parents go to a large church as well. So it's kind of random, but the woman there said that she was praying over him in the spirit. And, uh, she, she said, God, just tell me his name, tell me his name. And she said, God whispered to her that his name was Brian. Wow. Mm. And, um, they just, I just feel like Brian was looking for peace and he found it. Mm. And so I wish that it would not have gone that way. And there's lots of other ways to find peace, but Mm. that was the way that he chose for himself. 
And so he's happy, I believe, mm-hmm. home in heaven. Absolutely. And then the rest of it is for us to figure out here on earth. And that's where the real journey begins. Right. And before we move on to the next part of it, I want I want to just say this to the people in the audience that there is, and I don't know why, there is a large stigma around um, people thinking that if someone commits suicide, that they don't get to go to heaven. There is nothing in the Bible that says that. There is no unforgivable sin besides the denial of the Holy Spirit, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So um, I can't tell you how many widows I've had to tell in the past years, however many years, that just because he committed suicide, it doesn't mean that he, there, there's nothing in the Bible that says they don't get to go to heaven. Of course, it's um, not God's will for our life, but um, it, it doesn't mean, there's nothing in the Bible that says that if you do that, you're not going to heaven. Um, and so I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who've also dealt with this and they have wrestled with that. And so I just kind of wanted to speak to the audience and address that and just say that like, that is not an unforgivable sin. And it doesn't mean that your spouse wasn't saved. Their mental illness is a real thing. People that are suffering, um, you know, well, there's things I want to say, but I'm not going to for the sake of my wife's privacy. But, um, you know, there, there's people that in their suffering, you know, don't want to live any longer. Like they're so sick of the fight and the struggle and things like that. And so there's many reasons why, um, somebody might want to end their life. And also mental illness would be one of those things that would be, you know, God, like you said, God's really full of grace and Jesus really died for all of our sins. And so, um, so anyways, I just wanted to address that real quick in case anybody is thinking that or wondering that, because I don't know where that came from, but there is this big belief that you automatically cancel out your salvation. Right. Um, and and yeah. all of us, all of us, there's a lot of us who, when we were first going through being widowed, the thought was contemplated, like, I don't want to live anymore. Now, I didn't actually want to kill myself, but there was definitely a phase where I didn't want to live anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was a sin. I think that was a broken heart and mental things going on in my head. Um, right. So anyways, um, I just wanted to address that. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, my dad so. said it well. He said, um, we were not ready for Brian to die, but God was ready to usher him home. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think yeah. there's somebody, lots of people in the audience that need to hear that. That's good. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And yeah, because that's true for no matter how you lost your spouse. Mm-hmm. Um you even if you even if they were on respite care or hospice or you knew it was bound to happen any day. Mhm. It's still not really something you can prepare yourself for. Mhm. And so you're not ready. You're just never not you're just never ready. But God in his goodness and his grace and his faithfulness to us. He's already got that home ready, prepared. Name is on the front door and uh, there's food in the fridge. Welcome to heaven. Yes. And, and also we have to understand that, you know, as God knows all the hairs on our head and all that stuff, he knows everything about us. When Brian was born, the day he was born, God knew October 10th, 2021. I think you said 2021, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm that that was the day he was going home. Yeah. And um, 
and that he is saved by grace also, just like all the rest of us that believe. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So gosh, what was the... I mean, it's just like I have so many questions. So I'm going to start with the first one that is just pressing upon me that I feel like would have to be a haunting thought. Like, was it a struggle for you to feel like, you know, like, did you wrestle with that? Like, maybe there was something you could have done or like all of us have wrestled with, oh, well, if I only would have done this, if I only would have done that, maybe this, maybe that. And I try to tell people like, no, like I just said, October 10th, 2021, God already knew that date for my wife. It was August 13th, 2020. That date was already decided when she was born, not decided, but you know what I mean? It was already known. Mm -hmm. But was there still like a part of you that was like haunted with like, oh, if I only would have done this or if I only would have done that? Um, did you go through a lot of those struggles that we all, you know, kind of go through? The only thought um, that I had about that was I wish I would have known sooner. I'm, you know, I think when you're dating somebody, it's important to be forthright mm -hmm. in, even if it's going to hurt you a little bit, even if it's going to cause you to humble yourself, it's better to do it while you're dating than when you're yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah, come totally. on, just, just, we're too old for this game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I like, oh, dating in your fifties is not. It is not fun. <laughs> but um, yeah. um, I wish he would have told me because both he and I, and I'm assuming you too, Michelle, we've been through suicide classes as teachers. You know, we always think, oh my gosh, this is so good. It doesn't apply to me, but thank you. I love, clocked out, we're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had all, I, I know what, I know what I need to do. I've been through many hours of suicide training, mm -hmm. but I never thought it would really apply to my life. And so when it, when it did, like in July, when it realized, well, this is now your life, your new life, I kind of had some ideas of what I could do to create a safe house. And so that's what I tried to do. That was exhausting. I don't know how we could have survived years of that to be mm -hmm. forthright. There was not a way that would have been sustainable without becoming Amish because mm -hmm. he was, he, he was trying to figure out any anyway using anything so the proactive things that one can do if you are living with someone who is um going through suicide ideation you need to remove ties you need to remove ropes all sorts of ropes hoses um even electrical cords from the vacuum cleaners or any electrical cord whatsoever wow. um shoelaces um belts knives we removed him. He he had guns for hunting. We removed those and the and the bullets. Then I saw that he was looking for a gun online. Um, what the heck? So then I you know I figured out that I could go to uh, the sheriff's department and put a flag on him for that. And um, so I did as much as I could do. What he did not want me to do is talk about this. Mm. He didn't want me to talk to people about this. He didn't want my family to know. He didn't want his friends to know how deep this was. It wasn't just superficial. Gee, I'm really struggling with the work issue. It was deeper. And then I think I wish I would have known family history with mental health other than the family members that he shared. He never told me about his grandfather and how his grandfather was suicidal. 
He never mm. shared that. And his grandfather and Brian, Brian and his grandfather, died in a very similar way, in an eerily, eerily similar way. And I'm not sure if that was something Brian put together or that it just was happening like that. But his last, his last um, chicken scratching in a journal that he had at the hospital um, was just full of why, why, why. And then it said grandpa. Mm. And I showed that to my husband's brother and he just could not handle that information. He, because he knew what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. Mm. He knew what that meant. And it was horrible and awful. And his grandfather did not die by suicide, but he tried to the same way Brian did. Instead, his grandpa was put into, um, a mental health place for the rest of his life. And Brian was afraid that would happen to him. And that's why he chose this out. Wow. I have so many questions. I know. Um, because the way that you are widowed is so different than any other guests that we've ever had. So tell us about like those first few moments, few days, did you ever, were you ever angry? Like, I don't know yeah, what it would yes. feel like, but I feel like if that's the way Luke had gone out, I feel like I'd be angry at him. And yeah. I, I just, I'm sure whatever you felt, our audience, there are people that can relate to that. So could you share what that's like? Were you angry? What were those emotions like in the beginning? Shock, mostly just shock. And um, a, with a little bit of relief, because I know, right. I know where he is. So that right. was the saving grace. And I was not angry with him. Oh, wow. I became angrier <laughs> as time went on. Mm -hmm. And new mm. things were revealed. And I learned new things. And I became angrier with the, with the dystopia within the family that okay. started to arise. And I was mad because um, that, was, that would have been something that would have broken my husband's heart. But here we are. This is the way it is. This is not okay. None of this is okay. But then I, I remember that Satan is the Lord of chaos. Mm. God is not. So where there is chaos around you, that is not from God. That is definitely Satan doing his best, best yeah. work. And so to take that into my mind and to remember to put this before the throne of God, um, was really important to me to be able to to separate the lies that I was starting to try to tell myself from the truth that God really has. Um, and a real big one for me, post Brian's death, that had nothing to do with his family, was that I'm abandoned. And I mm -hmm. bet a lot of widows out there feel the same way. Um, but um, that is, I'm adopted. And so that is also something that adopted children carry with them for the rest of their life. That feeling of being, um, that feeling of being abandoned, you gotta be careful because that wasn't true. My birth mom loved me and she chose the best for me. Even though she left me at the hospital, she left me at a good place. She chose for me something different because she knew that the present situation was not going to be sustainable. Mm. And so, I, in that situation, I've always grown up learning to tell myself the truth about abandonment. 
and I had to do the same thing when Brian died. I was not abandoned. He didn't abandon me. He had really big things he was going through, and that's it. He did not abandon me, and God did not abandon me. That's not what the Word of God says. So I had to decide, is God who he says he is, and believe that instead of all the intrusive thoughts that, that we can put into our mind. And it's really interesting because as you look at what intrusive thoughts are, I think as people of faith, we have them. We just don't want to talk about them. Hmm. Oh, that's true. That's definitely true. We all have uh, some degree of intrusive thoughts, and that's how Satan works. Oh, yeah. Um, I've definitely had the feelings many times in my life, like, you're not good enough to be a Christian. Look at all these men around you. Look at how much better, look at how much more faithful they are. Look at you. Look at the sins you struggle with. Like, you're not worthy of God's love. And gosh, it's so easy to believe them sometimes. You know, you're like, yeah, you're right, you know. But that's like the analogy that, um, you know, as we stand before the throne of God, that Satan is the prosecutor. He's the one accusing us, and he's going to be right. He, everything he accuses us of, he's going to be right, and we're just going to feel damned and shamed and all these things. And I just love this analogy. But then your attorney, Jesus, walks in, and he says, um, Dad, uh, he's one of mine, or she's one of mine. And then he says, case dismissed, all is forgiven. And so when you think about that analogy, like you understand that Satan is going to launch attacks against you, and they are of truth. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't take away um, God's grace and what Jesus did for us. And so even though the, the lies, you know, they might be they might have a lot of truth to them. Um, I might not be worthy of God's grace. I might not be worthy of God's love. But thankfully, God is more graceful than I can understand. And um, because of what Jesus did, I am forgiven and um the prosecution doesn't have a case against me because my attorney is Jesus. And, um, but that is, that is true. Satan does always work like that. And he, he wants you, I mean, his, they say that Satan's greatest accomplishment would be to get you to believe that he doesn't exist. Um, and, uh, so, you know, he is constantly trying to do that. He is constantly trying to fill your head with lies about you're not worthy. Or I remember for a season, it was now I've never felt this way after seeing what I saw Lacey go through and the experiences I had during that journey. I've never struggled with this ever again, but I did go through seasons of like, is this like real? Like, is my faith like real? Is God real? And now it's like, I've seen too much to question that. I know I've witnessed um, the miracles of God firsthand. And I've, Absolutely. I've witnessed him speaking to me. I've felt it. I've, I've seen incredible things that some things I've never even heard of happening to anybody else, um, that are just like undeniable. So thankfully I don't struggle, but I know a lot of people struggle with that. <laughs> like, is God really real? Like, am I really like spending all this time, like going to mm -hmm. church and all this stuff? Am I really mm -hmm. believing something that's real? So, Anyways, um, and I guess my advice for other people in our situation would be to stand on the word of God, mm, mm -hmm. because that is actually when all the things are falling apart around you and you don't know which way to go. And there are so many decisions, but then everybody tells you, don't make big decisions. Well, you have big decisions to make. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Not helpful. Mm -hmm. You one stand on the word of God. 
two, surround yourself with people who can speak wisdom into your life. And not a lot of people, just a small handful mm-hmm. of people who can, who can journey with you, who, um, who can speak wisdom into your life at that time. Um, and, and just support you, you know, that's great advice. Yeah. That's really good advice. Michelle, go ahead. Oh, I just want to go back to, so this all happens. You're not angry, which is awesome. What, what was it like for you? Like, what did life feel like? You know, the shock you talked about, you're, you're not angry at him, but what was it like? Did you feel like you know, as you're, this is happening, you're planning like a celebration of life or whatever, you know, comes uh, next. Like, what did life feel like for you in those first few days? Do you have, um, do you have I kids? Do, you have older yeah, kids, Yeah, I do. Right? I do. Yeah, okay. my children Just are both adults. what your support and, system is like and all of that. Um, I felt like I was a guest at my husband's funeral. Um, and I don't, I don't like that feeling. I, that's how, that's how it felt. Um, mostly because um, we had just been married four months and 10 days before he died. And wow. so um, in the minds of some of the people in his family, I was not really his wife. I mean, it's only four months and 10 days. That doesn't count. Okay. Yeah. So it was just... And so the funeral was basically planned by his brother and his brother's wife. Oh, wow. um, and I just was along for the ride. Mm, that's so hard. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, 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 that's just that. There's not a really another, there's not a word to describe it. It's just, it's just the way that is. Um, and in the same token, um, I moved out of the home that we shared. I didn't, I moved in when we married, we didn't live together. So I was only in that home for four months and 10 days. Mm. And so to some people in the family, that's not my home. Mm. To some people in that family, the fact that we shared a budget and finances, those aren't my finances. So it got really messy and that's what made me mad at Brian. I would always mm. tell him, your family is screwed up and like he's dead. But you know, when I'm yelling at him here on earth, your family yeah. is driving me crazy and they're screwed up. Can you do anything about this? Can you go, mm. Brian, hello, go, you're right there. Go tell Jesus, God, fix this. God, fix this. Mm. This is not okay. And so that was the, that there was the hardest part of the journey. But, um, I have figured that out by remembering that they are hurting. Mm -hmm. They are grieving. Everybody grieves differently and to extend Mm -hmm. grace to them. But also my boundaries are very high and I choose to not communicate. Mm. Yeah, it would be hard. It would be hard to communicate after (laughs) going through something like that. And especially, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's not like you guys, and even if you were, that's fine. But it's not like you guys were only together for four months. No, right. like you were together for two years, then yeah. got married. Um, yeah, so that's. It was yeah, and and then in order to in order to um, make the family feel like I was not like 
The thought was, oh my God, she's going to run away with all the money. That's why she married him. She's, you know, Latina. She probably has no, all these weird, not true thoughts were going on. Mm. And so there's a little bit of racism involved. um, And that's just the way it is. And so in order to like have them back to like call off the dogs, um, I, we had to go, I, I said, okay, well, fine. He's dead. Let's change the will. Here you go. Here's the house. Oh, wow. Okay, fine. You want, you want, okay, no, you, I know that your dad had different monies for you, but you want this money. Okay, there you go. So we split things up. And that was to be able to create a space where um, they no longer could say, oh, she ran away with the money. Wow. So you had that in addition to everything else. In addition. Because I'm thinking about, um, I've (laughs) almost been married four months, like in 10 days. It'll be four months. Uh And I can't imagine... Like then, that's not considered marriage. I'm like, it's it's right. marriage. Like you're married, right. you're committed. Like, <laughs> yeah, God yeah. considers it marriage. You know, God yeah. does. And so, guess what? So do the courts. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I just I didn't feel like going through all this with Brian. It would have exacerbated the grief. It would not have made anything better. It would mean everything worse. And I just could not do that to my soul. And I couldn't do that to Brian. So I was willing to do what I needed to do to be able to create boundaries and develop my own journey apart from them. Right. So you moved out of the house. And then how did you... How'd you continue? Like you're, you're so positive and so full of life and joy. How did you get to that place? Like you have what I feel like the audience wants. Can you share with us? Like, how did you go on this journey? You're, you're how far out now from when he passed away? It'll be, it'll be two years in this coming October. Okay. So you're still fairly new in this. Like, how did you get to this place to where you are now, where you can talk about this? And I, I see you doing like similarly what we do like you're online trying to is inspire widows and help and i see a lot of like um suicide awareness you do a lot mm-hmm. of things like that how did you get from there to where you are here joyful peaceful trying to help other people can you share us like a little bit of, along the journey how did you get here god still has a plan and that's oh. the only thing that i had to keep in mind and so trying to figure out like if you look at my journals and not my hair um (laughs) if you look at my journals you will see that that's my that is my overall theme is god you know i'm just i just here's this here am i what do you want me to do what do you want me to do um it's brian's story and i think um it's brian's hope brian would hope that this doesn't happen to anybody else Mm -hmm. and so because he didn't want it to happen to him he didn't he, he was not okay with this happening to him. He was, he was very distraught that it was happening, which is why I think he felt like he was being attacked by a demon. Um, and I'm not saying that wasn't true. I'm just saying, I don't know about that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 
So I know that God still has a plan and that is, that's how I move forward. Um, God still has a plan. I wake up every day and say, God still has a plan. And I actually don't need to really know what that is today. Mm-hmm. I just need to walk forward in faith today. I need to go outside my home and pick up my manna for the day mm-hmm. and use it and then pick up my manna for the next day. And I think that's how I'm operating right now on a still like a day-by-day basis. Mm-hmm. Case in point, my mother is a planner. My sister is a planner. And all three of us were together for the course of two weeks recently for my daughter's graduation. And they're like trying to plan everything out. I'm like, oh, back out, back out. Kimberly, Kimberly plans one day. That's all I can do. It, but at the same time, I'm a teacher and teachers have to plan yeah. everything out. And that's what saved me was my career. Okay. I know mm-hmm. that everybody leaving the teaching field, like, um, Cats being chased by wolves right now. Like, bye, so long. This whole thing of educating, good luck. There's not going to be any educators in 10 years to teach your children because we're all leaving. But that is still the same thing that saved me because where I did not know, I have no concept of time. I don't know, really. I had no concept of time because what is time? It was, what happened? It was four months and 10 days. How did this happen? Right. So, like, my time frame is shot, and but teaching made me have to go. Okay, at nine fifteen, I need to do this, yeah. and at eleven oh nine, I need to do this, mm-hmm. and at three fifteen, the kids go home. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> but that is what helped regulate me again, because I did not understand what was going on. I couldn't figure out how did this happen. Where did all the time? What happened to time? Where is God? Where is heaven? Like all these little things started to go teaching saved me. And um, I'm very thankful for that. But my mother and my sister still are good planners. And, and I'm a good planner just one day at a time. That's pretty mm-hmm. good. Right. <laughs> That's fine. Right. And did you so. have any certain verses or songs or things that helped you through this time? Yes. Um, I love Jen Johnson from Bethel Music, okay. probably because I can sing her better, her alto and I, we get along very well. Um, and she has a lot of beautiful songs. And one, she talks about, you know, you hold me completely in the palm of your hand. And I am everything to you. And you are everything to me. And so I just played those lots of songs from Jen Johnson, from Elevation, mm. um, Buffalo Music, and Maverick City. Yeah. On repeat and repeat. But then, I don't know if your listeners remember that Stephen Curtis Chapman's daughter died, Maria, moons and moons ago. And he had a CD out called Beauty Will Rise. Mm. And that is his CD about going through the grief journey, right? Mm. With his daughter's death, um, full of trauma as well. And so I would listen to that CD over and over and over and over because it takes you through the questioning. And it takes you through the the, um, the the wondering, God, do you still love me? Do you still see me? What is happening? Why did this go down? <laughs> but right. at the end, you know, he talks about how, how spring is coming mm-hmm. and beauty does rise. It does. Creation shows us that every time. If we look at the fires 
you know, my skies here in Minnesota have been laden with smoke from the fires up north um, in Minnesota and in Canada. And that's devastation, right? But life is sometimes like that. But beauty still will rise from a devastation. It's not going to look like how you thought it would. You're not going to be who you thought you were going to be. And you have to stop and pause and intentionally walk forward. Mm-hmm. not randomly I like random steps are not my thing and and some people are like well you just have to you just have to walk forward and take your first step and a lot of people you know our paces and our steps are different um, so, so you can't judge somebody else's journey in grief as they walk forward because their pace is different their step width is different and for me there's days when only my only wit was a pinky toe at the beginning. Like, my, I can walk as far as my pinky toe can go, and it's not going to go very far. But eventually, you start walking farther and farther, which is why I think it's important to journal and to go back, because then you can see God's faithfulness. Yes. Mm. When you wonder where God was, yeah. you can go back into your journal, and you can see and claim God's faithfulness over your life. Because mm. as the song says, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. And even in this destruction, God, I still believe you're good. And I don't know how, but I believe it. And so I believe that goodness will come from this because he says goodness and mercy will follow us mm. all the days of our lives if we surrender our life and our plan to him. So that's kind of that's kind of it. Um, that's kind of where I sit. That's really that great. State. And it's it's such a uh, reminder of how important perspective is yeah. um, because people can walk through the same journeys and take it very differently. Now, obviously, we all have different life experiences and things that um, give us the abilities to cope with problems or whatever. And so some people have more life experience than others and whatever, but it, it is such a, a testimony of – how your perspective can bring healing. And so, you know, and like Michelle and I, we essentially journaled through this podcast. Um, So we can reflect back on our journey and how far we've come and different things like that. And um, I think that's good because as we go back, we will see God's faithfulness. And even though we can't see it right now, I always like to illustrate that like, we are looking at our life in a very linear, we can only see what's right in front of us, but God sees the whole line from above, from a different dimension. And he sees the beginning, the middle, the end and all that stuff. And so um, I think perspective is an incredibly important thing to have and to constantly be trying to talk yourself into having a positive perspective. And even when we don't feel that, um, as we all you know, go through grief, I think it's important to come back to a place of that. Um, yeah, that's that's really uh, – I think that's just a good reminder. So I think that it is your perspective that has allowed you to see God's grace and to see his goodness even though. And when I, I remember – gosh, what I went through with Lacey was insanely hard. And I remember the only thing that I had to hold on to was no matter what Satan throws at me, he can't take away my salvation. And that was the only right. thing I had to hold on to is because everything around me was so dark and ugly and sad and terrible and extremely frightening. And I was just filled with anxiety and panic attack and fears. And 
um, the only thing that I could hold on to some days was my salvation is untouchable. And, but that helped me get through that day or through that hour or through that minute, whatever it was. And so, um, I think that's really great that you've found that perspective and it is such a testimony of what God can do with our hearts. And, um, another interesting thing you said, you mentioned the forest fires and things like that. Well, um, fire promotes regrowth and I know that's what you were getting at. So a lot of times these big, huge old trees, when they burn, well, now there's enough sunlight for these new trees to grow and keep the forest sustained. And so while forest fires are, um, you know, seemingly to us like so devastating, um, it allows the forest to continue being a forest. If it wasn't that, all the new trees would choke out and there wouldn't be forests for long. So those things are also important. And, um, you know, sometimes our life can be like an illustration of that, that, Sometimes we have to go through really difficult things to build our character, to build our faith. And God allows us to go through things, I believe, sometimes to make us more like Christ and to bring us more into his light and, um, you know, give us these perspectives of his goodness. And, and, you know, sometimes that's hard to accept when you're just seeing what's right in front of you. But when God sees the big picture and he knows what it's going to do for you in the long run, um, it, it can be very, very powerful. Um, sorry to take it away, Michelle, for so long, but what, yeah, what are some more questions you have? Well, or I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Just for like back to the forest fire allegory, even within the ashes and the ashes of the forest fire, but the ashes of our lives, the ashes that we're, we face, the ashes that we're, that I carry right? Because mm -hmm. my husband was cremated. Even from ashes, there are chemical properties that God has already put in there for regrowth yep. within the ashes. Yes. Absolutely. And They're filled so, with minerals. I know. Isn't that great? Like, it is. Know, yeah. I feel like I just cling onto that science like that mm. like, because God is a great and marvelous scientist. Well done, God. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Wow. That's great. So what do you think is the most challenging thing about being widowed? Probably just not having somebody to talk to. Right. Like you had a bad day. You had a good day. Yeah. You like swapping stories with Brian. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. mm -hmm. we, we didn't work in the same school. So like I miss <laughs> his stories. Of <laughs> yeah. I miss the stories about the wackadoodle situation. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And I shouldn't cry about it because some of them were not that funny, but <laughs> but I do. I miss those. Like, oh, he especially because it was during COVID. So COVID played a huge role in his in his mental health too. Oh yeah. Um, because he had had hard COVID, and with pneumonia, and then as a leader of the school, having to start and stop school seven yeah. times, and then and then the staff was like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? And Brian's like, oh my gosh, I don't know, because mm -hmm. this is the first time I've ever been a principal during a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so, like, a lot of people in education, uh, behind the scenes, it was not that grace. It was not a lot of extending of grace. Um, it was hard for teachers. It was hard for him. And so, uh, you know, just the, the silly stories of the parents during that time, <laughs> uh, what the antics of students over Zoom. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then I was, I was teaching middle school, you know, and 
uh, over Zoom, and I was like, oh, Lord, have mercy. So we had a lot of stories. We had a lot of fun. Uh, our, the, the, our first date was the day that George Floyd died in our city. Mm. And so we, we and I married him for a variety of reasons, but one was his compassion mm. for people of other cultures mm. and how he tried to see the world through their eyes. Yeah. That's so important to me mm -hmm. um, to be like aware and understanding and want to know more. And uh, so, you know, we, we went through the George Floyd stuff. We went through the lockdowns because of George Floyd. We went through the riots. We went through a lot. Uh, and then COVID and all the, all the stuff. It, we had a lot to talk about. I miss right. talking to him. Right. What, I think we can all relate to that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> what advice would you give to a brand new baby widow? Like they're brand new in this journey, maybe a month, two months out. Um, the adopter would be one of my first ones oh, because so grief affects your whole body. Mm, that's it affects everything. It affects how you sleep. Yep. It affects <laughs> your eating and your digestion. It affects how your heart mm. is working because it's actually working over time. And uh, there have been times, even recently, where I felt like my heart was going to just fly out of my body. Um, that you seeing a doctor and talking about that um, with them and letting them know that you're going to be coming back for some regular visits, just not for like talk therapy, but just for physical, That's like, good. am I okay? Here's what's going on. I need to be okay. I, um, you will feel strange aches and pains mm -hmm. because your body feels it all. Yep. Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Go to the doctor and talk about that with them. And they will have so much compassion for you and, and understand. I had a hard time sleeping initially. Mm. And so I went to um, a psych, like psychotherapist mm -hmm. and they gave me what they hoped would have been a great medicine to help me stop the nightmares um but that really wasn't helpful and it, it cost way too much money for those visits even with my own very good insurance mm -hmm. so that was a firm no but there's other things that you can do for example grief share is something that is around the entire united yes. states and all you have to do is go into grief share plug in your five digits of code and up will uh, come a list of all sorts of places where you can go to grief share classes and that was really helpful mm -hmm. getting plugged in so that you know you're not alone because yes. you're not alone yes and you will feel alone you'll feel like you're the only one mm -hmm. and so if you don't get out of the house and go pick up your own manna for the day you're going to stay inside and you're going to isolate yourself and you're going to believe that you're the only one who's had to do this you're the only you're the only one sobbing today mm -hmm. but then you meet all these other people who are also struggling and it's like the friendship of people that you wish you didn't have to make this yeah. way but you're so thankful that you did yeah that's and that's Great that's advice. really good advice and um I never I've never heard anybody give the advice to see the doctor. And I think that's great advice because I would love to know the percentage of widows, myself included, Michelle included, that have googled am I having a heart attack. Like, oh my gosh, I, I feel like everybody's Googled that who's been through this because the anxiety and gosh, it just feels like you're having a heart attack or that you're going to. And it's, um, and then you get 
worried about it. And then the anxiety spikes even higher. And then you feel like you're even more going to have a heart attack. And so, um, Michelle, have you Googled symptoms before? Oh, yeah. Like everything. You know that. Like every I know. little thing. Um, I went through major anxiety. So, you know, Luke actually died of a blood clot. I thought I was having a blood clot. I still struggle with that because I have like weird calf pain. Like there's just so many things that um, going to a doctor is good advice <laughs> um, because you feel like I felt like I was dying and all of these things your body's all going crazy and I didn't sleep. I still don't sleep well, still trying to find a good way to sleep. But yeah, I think that's great advice to go see a doctor. And, um, you know, sometimes I hear of, you know, couples, uh, whether it be, you know, like longevity couples, right. That one dies and the next dies right after mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Broken heart. Mm -hmm. And that is really true. And you can see that with Carrie Fisher and her, her death. And then how her mom died after her. That's right. Because your heart is working so hard. God bless it. Go see the doctor. Mm -hmm. mm, that is yeah, really, that's true. Really great advice. So kind of want to um, change subjects a little bit. You are a fun, beautiful, boisterous woman. What are your thoughts about dating again? I would rather live inside the hairy armpit of a baboon. Oh, okay. So you do not want to date again. Okay. I love your answer. It is honest. It is true. It is. And you're probably going to relate to people out there who are like, yeah, I don't want to date again. I just, oh, it just makes me anxious, anxious, mm. anxious because, um, I, I, I personally have a lot of just inner healing mm. to, to do first before I even subject any human to that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not out of the ballpark I just don't I just not, not I'm just not there yet yeah but I really celebrate my friends who are and yeah. so in our widow group there are widows who are uh, who have married one one who's getting married one who's seriously dating you know and I love that for them I yeah. love that I love you for that journey too I'm like no, go get them girl <laughs> go get them I, I did Come get them <laughs> right and I love that um, and I feel like I'm just really good at cheerleading for my friends right now. Um, but I'm still afraid sometimes that, like, everybody around me is going to die. Mm. <laughs> and so I feel like once I can, w w once I can, like, maybe break through some of that, my anxiety about yeah. everybody around me that I love is going to die maybe that will help but also i'm i'm hoping to run away to to go home to costa rica oh. um um for for one month i i don't want to visit my family there i have a lot of family my birth <laughs> parents, my birth grandparents had 22 children oh my gosh oh my <laughs> because they were good they were good catholics and had no tv um and <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, and then funny little side note, my grandfather also dated my grandmother's sister and had three other children. So I have a lot of family yeah. there, right? But that's not what I want to do. I want to go um, online. You can, like, I found different places where you can work for eco lodges for free. And just for, you work for free, you get food and lodging. And I found some along the coastline mm -hmm. of my home country 
that's what I want to do. I want to do like an eat, pray, love. And then I feel like after I do my eat, pray, love experience, whatever that might mean, wherever that might be, I think I'll be okay. Yeah. Hmm, That's awesome. What good Um, self-awareness and and a unique answer. And I'm sure that's refreshing (laughs) for a lot of people to hear because – um, you know, we, like you've said, we all grieve differently. And, um, for me, it has been an incredible blessing to my life to find somebody else to have, um, Tina to talk to when I'm feeling mm-hmm. grief or when I'm feeling sad or, yeah. um, you know, to have that companionship again. But I know we don't all fire the same way. You know, we don't all have the same, uh, heart and desires and things like that. And so this is a good, um, you know, thing for the audience to hear that like, there's nothing wrong just because, you know, Michelle and I are like big believers in finding our happiness again. And we've promoted that and talked about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's also nothing wrong if you'd rather live in a baboon's armpit like (laughs) that. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. That's good self-awareness. And um, like that, that's just great. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's great for a lot of people to hear that um, because they might hear Michelle and I and think like, gosh, what's wrong with me? How are they able to like fall in love again? I could never do that or whatever. And even though we've talked a lot about that, like, if you don't feel that way, that's okay. This is a great example of somebody who doesn't feel that way. And that's awesome. So thanks for sharing that. I think that'll be really um, powerful for a lot of people to hear. And there's also like, like, if that is your journey that you would like to start dating, and maybe one day that'll be my journey, you really need to figure out your finances. Like, I like, I like, I don't want this to sound weird. I like money. I like money organized. I like knowing where the money is. I like, I have a list of all the things of my beneficiaries and I know where I'm, I'm ready for my, I have a book for my kids of what to do when I die. Wow. Oh, right? wow. All, all the passwords, all my bills. That's awesome. Um, That's really smart. Right. I have all that ready for them. But when you when you remarry, there are some things that uh, your children will not get if you remarry. And so you want to make sure that that everything financially is lined up for that, too. Mm. If you remarry, will your kids miss out on some of the beneficiaries and the monies that you had set aside for them? Because spousal rights are real. And so if you have a new spouse that does push out your kids on some things. So you want to sit down with a financial advisor to know where your money is, what it looks like, what can be lost if I remarry, um, and is that is that going to be worth it? Because I know for a friend of mine who's much older than us, she's late 70s, uh, with her VA, her husband was in the military, it is not worth it for her to remarry. She will lose a lot. Mm. So she, she's just chosen to never marry. Wow. But she was she was engaged, but that's when she figured out she couldn't do it. She had to break her engagement like 20 years ago. Wow. I know. So like little things you don't think about because usually like, oh, huh, look at that guy drinking coffee. He's cute. And maybe that's true. But first get all your financial things. I would say my advice, get all your financial things intact. Have good conversations with your financial consultants. Uh, know where your money is, have a plan, and then begin your new journey. Mm, good advice. That's, that's just my small idea. You're full of good advice. So I've seen you a lot on social media. I'm sure people are going to want to follow you, maybe reach out to you. Where can they find you or how can they get in touch with you? 
Well, welcome to Threads. Oh, yeah. We just started that. That's fun. <laughs> um, but I usually just use my Instagram at hopefully Kimberly, hopefully underscore Kimberly, because I just want to be a merchant of hope. That is something that I picked up from my friend Jimmy Casas, who is an educator um, who writes lots of education books. And he always he, he asked me to write in his book about being a merchant of hope. And I did. But now that's stuck. So and I just feel like if you are a merchant of hope, you know, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm not here to sell you, you know, uh, next steps to being a brand new widow. <laughs> Step one. Like that's not, I'm just here to talk about hope and hope can be found first in Christ Jesus and in the word of God. And then just looking for hope every day. There's so much beauty around you that if you were, if you're, Hmm. You could miss it easily because you're thinking that God is going to bring it about a certain way, but he brought it this way, but you missed it. Mm. You missed it. And I think that's true about blessings. And I think that's true about hope. Mm -hmm. So and just look for hope every day. If we have people in the audience, um, like we had someone the other day reach out to you who is also um, a widowed by suicide, um, would you be open to talking to them? Oh, yes, absolutely. Because... Um, it is a club. It is a it is a club that you know. Widowhood is one club, right? And, this is... uh, and then you know the choice, the 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 ways that our spouses die is, is puts us in a you know a little like subgroup. Sub mm -hmm. yeah. but, uh -huh. You know because the way that your spouses died, you you have your own little subgroup too, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that's okay. You can speak speak differently into into those things for the people that 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 need to hear it. So. Mm -hmm. No, that's exactly right. That's that's why we were that's why we were trying to have guests with different stories, different losses, and things like that. Because Michelle and I, our real world experience is cancer, and so even somebody that lost their husband um, suddenly and tragically, it's going to be a very different journey that they've been on than us. And so, you know, we just like to get a lot of different perspectives and things like that. So thank you. Thanks for being yes. um, a guest oh, with sure. us today. For being oh, sure. So willing to do that. Um, Mark, did you have any other questions? Well, um, I mean, there, there's so many things like rattling around in my brain and it's just, it's just something that I um, so don't, understand it was so different for me and you know i mean michelle and i had like the pre-grief um mm -hmm. stuff like that and yeah. and so that that's a very real thing you know i yeah. had to accept that my wife was dying be before she died i had to make funeral arrangements before she was gone and that's very different than what a lot of other people um you know went through and stuff like that and so uh no i mean i don't, I don't have any other particular questions um just it's I'm just thankful for you sharing your story. And I know that had to be, that has to be hard sometimes. And uh, I do have a question. Do you, do you feel like, you know, so for example, when, if I tell somebody I lost my wife to cancer, there's automatically this like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, do you feel like people get weird around you or like look at you strangely when you say they lost their spouse to suicide or you, you know what I mean? You lost your spouse. One person told me um, that, um, well, because I don't really get any, I don't know if the word is messages. I don't dream about my husband. I don't really like, I'm not that kind of person who goes, oh, gee, there's a cardinal. That must be Brian. Mm -hmm. Somehow my husband turned into a bird. I don't know. 
I'm not that kind of person. And so when I shared that with someone, they said, oh, that could be because he's in hell. <gasps> and I'm like, that, that also could not be it. That's probably not it. But, you know, I'm not going to blurt out to them, you know, what a horrible, disrespectful thing. Oh, that's, that's like probably the worst comment I've ever heard said to somebody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard that from, from people um, more than once. So um, that's why I talk about it a lot is because. I just don't want people to think that that is true because that is hurtful. And in in the heart of somebody else who is walking through this journey, that could be the one thing that will trip them up and not allow them to heal. Right. Yeah. So that's Go get my device. I'll, plug, I'll log you in. And also, like, even if you think that, you don't say that out loud. <laughs> You know, I mean, that's just like common decency. Like you don't say that out loud. I mean, we've heard some, we've heard some wild things that people have said. Um, you know, I understand what you're going through. My dog just died, right. you know, things like that. Like those are like ridiculous things, but even those you, you keep that to yourself. But, um, yeah, to, I, I can't even wrap my brain around what would make somebody think that that's okay to say. I think it's just I think it's just because they want to, they, they, um, careful when you hold it, they want to, uh, I don't know if there's a really good reason why they would do that. I think that they just want to say something, but then the words get tangled up and out comes something they probably did not mean to say. Like those are inside thoughts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> keep those, keep those inside. <laughs> You know, yeah, school, I teach my autistic students, right? And I'm, they always are blurting things that they should not be blurting. And I'm always reminding them, oh, honey, that's an inside thought. That's an mm -hmm. inside thought. You should say so, that. That's, that's some good verbiage. Inside really, thoughts, yeah. Really good verbiage. That's awesome. Thank you for yeah. sharing. This has been so, so eye-opening and so... It's going to be good for so many people. I hope that they really take you up on reaching out to you um, because I believe you can help them in ways that we never could. So thank you for being a guest and being willing well, to be open. You're more than welcome. It's been so much fun. I feel, feel like we were just old friends sitting around a campfire. Exactly. <laughs> that's our hope. our souls. Yeah, that's our hope with this is that we're just, yeah, friends talking um, about life. So, Mark, would you like to pray us out? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Lord, I'd like to thank you so much for um, this ministry that you've given us that um, is somehow through your means being able to help people. And um, I thank you so much for Kimberly's story and her willingness to share it and um, the perspective that you've given her on this life and on this journey. Um, I pray that she would meet, reach many people through her ministry and that people would feel courageous enough to reach out to her who need help. Um, I pray that you would help her through this season and that you would also bless her with the ability um, to go to that trip to Costa Rica and that it would be a huge blessing mm -hmm. on her life and provide lots of healing and, and what she needs. Um, and I'd just like to pray, Lord, for all of those who have lost a spouse in any way, but today in particular, anybody who's lost their spouse to suicide, I pray that Kimberly's words would have been um, helpful to them and insightful and would provide them the abilities to to move forward into the next chapter of their life and to not feel guilt and to not feel shame or embarrassment and also to protect their hearts from anybody 
saying something stupid. Um, mm -hmm. And Lord, I'd just like to, um, again, just thank you so much for this ministry. It's such a blessing that you've allowed us um, the trust to help this community of people. And we ask all these things and praise your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you liked this podcast, give it a little bing, five bing. stars, bing, <laughs> on Apple Podcasts, <laughs> wherever you listen. Um, Spotify has it too. I've noticed that we, we have a 4.9 on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. So Whoa. you can Boom. give it some five stars. You can like write a little nice thing. Uh, forgot to tell you, we got another nice one the other day on Apple Podcasts. So nice. That's great. We really appreciate that. And if you have been blessed by this ministry and want to help us out, as we've mentioned the last couple episodes, um, Widow Goals, which is um, my nonprofit, we are now under that. And Widow Goals not only provides podcasts um, and social media support, we also provide grief recovery support groups and scholarships for widows, as well as local and hopefully someday national events. So if you've been blessed by this ministry, there is a link in the show notes um, that you can give to the nonprofit. So it is a tax write-off as well. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you would like to be a guest, you can email us at widowedtosoon at widowgoals.org reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, all the places. So thanks again for being here, Kimberly. And thanks everybody for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank Bye. you. God bless.